there, everybody. This is Dave DeBoe with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure, all the way, zooming in from Edmonton, Alberta, Mr. Wayne Hillier. How are you doing today, Wayne? I'm awesome, Dave. Thanks for having me on. All right, you guys, if you haven't seen or heard of Wayne, you should, because he is not only a very successful real estate entrepreneur, he's also a very successful real estate podcaster with the Real Estate Investor Dad podcast. And Wayne's been investing in real estate since 2013. And he does a couple of different things. He does long-term buy and hold, focusing primarily on the Burr strategy. Plus, he does some creative stuff with agreements for sale and rental. So looking forward to our chat here today, Wayne. Me as well. I'm excited. Well, let's jump in. Let's jump right into the guts of things, first of all. For those folks that aren't familiar with what the heck an agreement for sale is, give us an idea what that is. Agreement for sales are a seller financing strategy. In its simplest form, to explain it, it is the seller offers you seller financing. They keep the mortgage and the title in their name. You get to take possession of the property. It's a lot like a VTB, except the title doesn't transfer. So what it is... Being a vendor take back... Mortgage. Yes, yes. And typically with a VTB, they're going to give you a mortgage with their equity. In this situation, they don't need equity in order to give you a quote unquote mortgage. So it's a really cool way to get into properties if you're having trouble with mortgage qualifications, if you, you know, maybe you're capped out on mortgages or you don't have as much money because in a lot of situations, sometimes the seller doesn't have that much equity. So it's a low equity, no equity situation. You can get into it for low or no money down. So why would a seller want to do an agreement for sale? I mean, typically, most people are looking for the desperate seller, you know, someone who has to move quick for work, someone who has been on the market for a while, or someone who just doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of equity. So they're willing to work with you in regards to terms so that, you know, they can get what they need. And a lot of times just out of the property or just, you know, get that little bit of money that they need. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody's maybe upside down with their mortgage. In other words, they owe more money than, than the property might be worth or they don't have enough equity to list it with a realtor. They'd have to go negative to actually sell their property. You come in there, you offer them this solution. Mm-hmm. You're able to get in with little or no money. Maybe you give them a thousand bucks to help them to move or whatever your deal is. And you don't get actual ownership of the property yet However, you get this agreement, which is legally binding, which gives you complete control over the property. Am am I getting it right? Yeah, absolutely. We get all the benefits of mortgage pay down. We get all the benefits of appreciation, cash flow, everything. Like I said, it's it's almost like a delayed title transfer. They're going to keep it in their name, but we get all the benefits of- Well, so if the mortgage stays in their name, how are you getting the benefit of mortgage pay down? Well, they have their underlying mortgage that's already existing. And what we typically do with those types of sellers is we mimic or copy that same mortgage or loan with the same interest rate, same terms, same amortization. So every payment that I make to the seller, it brings my loan down with them. At the same time, they're taking that money and paying down their loan. So our both of our loans are going down at the same rate. So that the end of the term, whatever that may be, I owe them exactly what they owe the bank. All right, very good. So they're yeah, so they're not benefiting from their mortgage pay down, but on the other hand, you're the guy making their mortgage payments. So yes. Kind of makes sense. How do you make sure that they 
actually pay their mortgage and they aren't sticking the money in their pocket and happily going off. That is risk. That is the number one risk when you're doing these things. And normally there's a lot of things you can do. Some people will just ask for statements every three or four months to make sure that the payments are being made. Another option is what we do is we set up joint bank accounts with the sellers. So a cheap $1 or free joint bank accounts, their mortgage and property taxes come out of that account. And every month we put the money in so they can see the money coming in and we can see the money getting paid. Nice. And are you able to set that up so that all they can do is see the account? They can't actually do anything with the account? Yes, there are options, but you know, we only normally keep a small reserve of one month's, you know, expenses in there. So we're not really too, too concerned. I mean, me personally, I don't like dealing with the extremely desperate sellers. In my opinion, you know, if if they've had trouble in the past and made bad decisions in the past, I don't want to be associated with them because they're very likely to make those same decisions again. Yeah, Um, at least you want to make sure it's locked in tight so they can't screw you around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And everyone that we've done, they've been extremely grateful because normally, like like you said, they they're in some sort of a situation where they they don't have many options. A lot of times, they're going to lose tens of thousands of dollars by trying to get out of this, or they have to become a landlord, which they don't want to do either. Walk, or they're going to walk away from the house and they're they're going to get foreclosed on, which will screw their credit up for a long time. Exactly. So, you know, they have a problem. We have a solution. They're, everyone that we've dealt with has been extremely grateful. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for clarifying that. So, mm-hmm. Wayne, tell us a little bit about how you got into the whole game back in 2013 and what your goals are. You know, I, I moved to Alberta, Edmonton from Ontario, St. Catharines. And, you know, I had that dream. I had that Alberta dream that I was going to come here and I was going to make lots of money and then stay for six months and go back just like everybody else is. <laughs> but you know what? I, I met my beautiful wife two weeks after moving here. She was my neighbor. We headed off right away. I found my career, but you know, it was a couple of years in and then I, I kind of hit that wall. You know, I had all this uh, this drive to go drive out to Alberta, drop everything, you know, leave family and friends behind. And then I achieved it. And then I'm like, well, this isn't enough. And you, you look around at everybody else who comes from the East and they, they buy a big truck and they buy a bunch of snowmobiles and toys and that's it. They and hers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that just wasn't for me. I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. I've always wanted to continue to grow. And, you know, I was working on a job and on a night shift and all the guys were sitting around the desk talking about their investments and what they're doing. And one guy told me that he was doing real estate and it, it really interested me. He was nice enough to kind of point me in the right direction. And, you know, he never really quite mentored me, but, you know, he gave me, a, you know, the books and, and where to look. And then I just ran with it. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's not like a career where you can kind of get that ticket and then you've kind of plateaued and you can always grow more and more with real estate. So it's always a continuous challenge for me, which I love. Yeah, that's very, very cool, Wayne. So tell us a little bit about your your personal philosophy when it comes to real estate investing, because you're doing a combination of long-term buy and hold. Mm-hmm. So I believe you focus on the the Burr strategy. I'll guess you tell us a little bit about that in a second. Plus mm-hmm. you do some creative type deals with these agreements for sale and rent to own. So plus you're working full time and you got a family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? so, so tell us a little bit about your philosophy around real estate investing. Uh, you know, it's not easy. You know, you mentioned the podcast earlier. The reason why I started the podcast, this whole, you know, brand, the real estate investor dad is because like you said, there's 
a lot of people got a lot of things going on and it's hard to find the time to, you know, build something for yourself and still be a good father, still be a good employee. So, you know, we, me and my wife developed some amazing routines to make sure that everyone is getting the right level of attention, including my marriage. <laughs> and, you know, we've just, we've just been building and building and building. We work, we work in campaigns. Uh, we, that's the way we like to, to kind of approach things. We like to, what do you, what do you mean by that? Campaign? Well, we like, we like to, you know, let's say we want to get a property. That's a three month campaign. Okay. We say, okay, we're going to get a property within the next three months. What do we need to do? We need to find a partner. We need to find a property. We need to find, you know, bop, 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 and to make a big list. And then we just go at it. That's the only thing we focus on. And we build our routine around that until we achieve that, that result. Smart. And that's, that's what we've been doing. Every time that we just keep going campaign, campaign, we'll normally do two or three campaigns at a time. And we've just been growing it that way. We started out with agreement for sales, much like most investors. You don't have a whole lot of money. You know, we could qualify for a mortgage, but the buy-in for real estate is, is high. 20%, yeah. right? So we wanted to find a way to, to get into real estate with little money down. As well, we wanted to prove ourselves to investors. I didn't want to call up all my family and say, hey, I'm a real estate investor now. Invest your money with me. <laughs> like, you know, they're going to think, oh yeah, that's cute, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Another one of your harebrained ideas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we wanted to prove ourselves. We wanted to show that we could do it ourselves. So we built it up on our own. And then we started bringing in JV partners for those properties. And then everything just kind of came afterwards. We we always wanted to do the Burr strategy. So we, you know, that's how we gravitated towards adding secondary suites to bungalows. Well, just maybe explain to folks who aren't familiar with Burr what that stands for, what that means. Right. Buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. So you're going to buy a property under value. You're going to renovate it, increase the value. So for us, we add a secondary suite, dramatically so increases. Suite. Yep. And then you add a renter and then you refinance it. And, you know, the perfect burr is getting all of your investment and all of your renovation money out. Sometimes it can be done. Sometimes, you know, maybe you're left with twenty or $30,000 in. But okay. that twenty or $30,000 left in the investment is a lot better than $100,000. Right. Dramatically increases your ROI. So you can recycle your money continuously and repeat the process over and over and over again. Very, very cool. So... These days, is your primary focus on finding those kind of properties, or are you also still doing creative deals and rent-to-own deals and, and agreements for sale? Everything. Everything. <laughs> I'm getting into marketing out there. If you're looking for looking for properties, some are going to fit the bill for a burr, some aren't. There's going to mm-hmm. be some opportunities in there for owner financing, some opportunities in there for, for rent-to-own. So, yeah. A lot of people hate it when I say this. They're like, oh, how do you find your deals? Or how do you, you know... Honestly, they really just fall in our lap. We put it out there. We put it out there that we're real estate investors. We're we're active on social media. And, you know, it's best practice to focus on one thing, not to follow the shiny ball syndrome or the shiny item syndrome. But we get so many people coming up to us and saying, hey, I've got this situation. I've got this thing. You know, what can you do? And because I have all of these, these tools and strategies and techniques that I've, you know, that I've learned and mastered over the years, I can take any opportunity and I can make money off it. You know, if someone says, hey, I've got this rental property or, you know, that I, I can't do anything with or I've got this this house that needs a little bit of work, I propose to them what I think would be the best outcome for them, what would be the best outcome for me, and we make it happen. So I don't necessarily stick to one thing. I just focus on those three things. Well, so you're, you're what good old Ron LeGrand would call a transaction engineer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. And, and it, and it lights me up. 
It keeps me, it keeps my mind going. I love growing. I love solving problems. I love helping people. So it's just what I love doing. And that's what helps me continue to do is because I love it. All right. Well, we touched a little bit earlier about how you and your wife work on campaigns. I love that idea. So, you're, mm-hmm. But then you're juggling a few different campaigns at one time, but at least you got your checklist per mm-hmm. thing that you're focused on and you know what needs to get checked off. Let me, let's dig in just for a minute, a little bit more on how you're able to balance things working at your job full-time, working with your spouse on your real estate investing business, still being a husband, still being a dad. What are your suggestions around, or how have you made that work well for you? The campaigns was one of the big ones because we were taking on way too much and we were trying to pick away at different things and nothing was getting done. So sorry for jumping. Let me ask you this. How did you get your spouse on board 100% in the first place? Or was she right on board from day one? I clubbed her over the head and I dragged ah. her. <laughs> Glad that would work for you, man. <laughs> you know, I when that feller from work told me that he invested in real estate, the first book he told me to get was Investing in Real Estate in Canada. I, oh God, I'm butchering the name of the book by Don, Don Campbell. Don Campbell yep. And I, I read that in an afternoon. And then I called up my wife and I said, Kate, I figured it out. We're investing in real estate. And she's very supportive. She said, yeah, that sounds great. And I said, no, like, you don't understand. We are investing in real estate. We, like, you have to be 100% on board. Otherwise, this isn't going to work. She said, oh, yeah, sure, sure. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, (laughs) I started, you know, giving her some things to learn. And then she's, you know, got a little paranoid. And she she wasn't as emotionally invested in it as I was at first. But then she started seeing some of the results. She started seeing what it could do for us. And then now she's 100% on. She runs the whole business. I'm just the guy that, you know, puts on a jacket and and talks on podcasts. She's the one that's doing it full time every day. She manages everything. You know, we we talk on my breaks and we talk, you know, on my drive in and drive back and we we strategize. But, you know, that campaign is everything because I can, we can list things out and she can just knock off the tasks. And then, you know, we develop just, you know, this amazing routine that's, that we stick to, you know, you know, it sounds simple, but every well, night, yeah, let's give, it a, give us an idea of what your routine is. I'd love to hear it. It sounds so simple, but you know, every morning I spend 10, 15 minutes with my daughter, you know, just sitting, drinking my coffee and watching TV with her. It doesn't seem like much, but that she can rely on that. She can, she knows how, how that that's is your daughter at this time. She is four turning five in May. Oh, little one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I get home from work at five, five to seven is family time. We turn the email notifications off and we only spend time eating we play a game, you know, we do a little, little homework with her, teaching her math or geography or something like that. And then I put her to bed at seven and then that's when I get back to work. But I try, you know, once or twice a month, I might have an event or something that prevents me from doing that. But she knows every day she comes home from school, dad's going to be there. We're going to have supper as a family and she can rely on that. And then same thing with Sundays, Sundays, Sunday mornings, I normally do podcast episodes, but afternoon we do something as a family. And nice. It keeps the balance. It, it keeps our relationship, you know, intact as well. That you know, Wayne's not always talking about the deals at the dinner table, and <laughs> it it works for us. It, it's yeah. yeah, that's smart, Wayne. Well, my friend, time flies when we're having fun. If people want yeah. to find out more about you, if people want to find out more about your podcast, what should they do? Podcast, Real Estate Investor Dad, iTunes, Spotify, all of them. It's all over all the platforms. 
Facebook and Instagram. You can find me. Uh, well, my name is Wayne Hillier. <laughs> my business is Prairie Home Investments. And Instagram, my handle is Real Estate Investor Dad. Nice. Wayne, thank you very much for sharing some time and, and your wisdom, especially about putting things in balance. That mm -hmm. was awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Dave. All right, everybody. Take care. Talk to you next time and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.